this work can be really difficult because you don't always interact with people like you would in a normal working situation. Yeah, exactly. And it feels very isolating sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it means a lot. Listeners, <clears throat> it means a lot when you reach out. I like She's hinting. You. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just reach out and say hey. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are in your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in Finding Your Shine. Hello, and welcome back to Finding Your Shine podcast, where Nina and myself chat with all of our favorite people, health and wellness and spirituality and miscellaneous. And we're excited today to talk to Ellie Bakush, who actually was one of the first people to reach out to us for the podcast and made our hearts sing and so happy. It made us cry, to be honest. It made our hearts sing and it made our eyes cry. <laughs> it made which our bodies told, do lots of things. <laughs> which we told her we were... I remember where we were when we read it. We were in Zest Juice and we had just finished recording there. And I was like, oh my gosh, Liz, this is our first listener email. And like, she's not even from a, the United States. And it was very touching. Yes. So Ellie's been with us for the long haul. And we she's actually... OG. She is OG. And we actually had a call with her or an interview with her earlier this year. Um, But due to technology gremlins that eat the recording, we got the opportunity to have a second one, which we think is for the best because it was a phenomenal interview. We think it was even better. I think because we had gotten out all of the, the anxieties and things in the first recording... The second one was even better because we were just chill. We were just talking. I mean, I feel like most of the time we are pretty chill when we're talking. It's true. But this one this one was even more chill. So Ellie, if you want to find her on Instagram, is the linguistic yogi. And she spent most of her adult life in foreign countries, traveling across Europe and all sorts of places and is down in the United States. And besides practicing and teaching yoga, she likes to investigate and discuss how language shapes our thoughts. Um, She's quiet in nature and invites that softness to her classes where she creates strong intentions through carefully picked words. She talks a lot about in this episode, her really unique yoga practice and how um, her language shapes that and words really bring a new life into the practice. Um, You can read her word of the week section on her blog where she invites you to look at your reality in a different way each week through that scope of language. Um, She also teaches yoga classes online. Um, So if you're kind of going for a unique private yoga experience, she brings that same intention of bringing um, a special word or a feeling that's tailored to you actually to a yoga practice where you can work one-on-one with her and have that shape what you're doing at home. So it's a really cool thing that she's created and we're so proud of her. And we're so happy to talk with her today. We also have one more sponsor for you in this episode. And it's a company that I've been working with personally with Nourished with Nina for a little while. And I thought, you know, why not bring them to our Finding Your Shine listeners? And that is Further Foods. They are a collagen supplement company. And if you haven't heard of collagen, so collagen is a wonderful supplement for your hair, nails, skin. And my favorite reason for taking collagen is that it's super healing for the gut. So if you are struggling with gut issues or you're trying to heal your microbiome, collagen is a fabulous supplement. I put it in my tea in the morning. I put it in smoothies. I've even put it in oatmeal, which I know is weird, but it's a powder. It's tasteless. Yep. Absolutely tasteless. And another piece of it that I really love is that it adds protein to your morning. So not only are you getting the gut healing benefits, skin, hair, nails, all of that good stuff, but you're also adding some protein into your morning, which is wonderful for your blood sugar levels and all of the things. So I'm a huge advocate of collagen and Further Foods is sustainably sourced. They have the highest quality. Their collagen is grass-fed, pasture-raised, wild-caught, and super sustainable. It's also women-owned, which, hey, we're in support of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I personally have not tried it yet, but it is on the way to me and I cannot wait to begin incorporating this into a better morning. And um, I'm planning on sharing with my husband, who I'm sure you know is like type 1 diabetic. I've said that like a million times, but we've been recently looking up the benefits for him. And like you said, you know, with blood sugar, I think it's good for our whole family. It is. Yeah. I'm a super fan of collagen and Further Foods is one of my favorite brands. And if you're interested in trying out collagen or you're just looking for a new brand for your collagen, you can get 10% off using the code FINDINGYOURSHINE. We are going to link to that discount in our show notes. We'll also have it on Instagram and we'll have it on our website. So three places where you can go to get your collagen at 10% off using code FINDINGYOURSHINE. Today, we want to remind all of you that we are active over on Instagram and would love to continue the conversation with you there, whether that be through pictures or sending us some private messages. So if you have not yet, go ahead and find us on Instagram at Finding Your Shine Podcast. And now let's get into this episode with one of our favorites, Ellie Bakush. All right, guys, we are on the podcast with our really good friend, Ellie, and this is round two because round one was lost in the interwebs. I We don't know what happened to the first recording. Um, it, it got lost in the train. That's only happened to us a couple of times, Liz. I think this like, is literally like the second or third time ever. Because we lost Cassandra Bobzak's too. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what happened with that. That, my computer memory was full. And so once it oh, hit capacity, yeah. it stopped recording. Mm, yeah, that. I do remember then, that one. And then um, one of our guests, Simi, it happened the same. It just didn't upload. And so the episode never went out. And then Ellie, you like responded to me and was like, hey, I'm just curious when that yeah. episode's coming out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just thought it must not have gotten in the queue. Mm, yeah. But then the whole the whole recording was gone. Yeah. But, it's, but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. The universe wanted us to talk again. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we get to have a second conversation. So yeah. we talked about this on the first recording, but we met. Um, you were one of our first people that told us that you listened to the podcast yeah. and, and we were like, you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, it was an emotional moment. It was. I know. We cried. We, we did. honestly cried. Yeah, I remember you wrote to me that you cried. <laughs> yeah. First of all, like, the fact that it was someone outside of Ohio was really cool. But then you're like, I'm, like, in Denmark. And we were like, <laughs> yeah. what? Someone <laughs> we have a work? listener from Denmark. Yeah. Um, at that time, we had just started the podcast not too long before you contacted us. And so... I think it takes a lot for people to reach out and you were one of the first ones that did. And I think it was a really pivotal moment for us because we realized we never really thought a million people would be listening to the podcast, but I guess it was one of those things where we were able to put one face to a listener. And I don't know, Liz, but for me, it encouraged me to keep going. Like, Hey, we have a listener and she's not even in the United States. So we got to keep going. I I feel the same when I get emails, you know, I send emails uh, every week and I write articles every week. And when I get an email from someone telling me, Oh yeah, this really resonated with me, blah, blah. It really changes everything because then, yeah, as you said, you can put a name on, on the person who, the people who read behind the screen. So that's really, really a good feeling. Yeah, definitely. This work can be really difficult because you don't always interact with people like you would in a normal working situation. Yeah, exactly. And it feels very isolating sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it means a lot. Listeners, it means a lot when you reach out. I like she's hinting. No. (laughs) (laughs) Just reach out and say hey. Yeah. That's true. And it it doesn't take a lot of energy on, you know, on on my end. I was I was really happy to write. And I guess people are happy to write as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to talk about obviously, like you're now in the States. So I want to talk a little bit about your transition and how like you went from Europe to here and what that was like for you. Um, yeah, so I moved here now, uh, eight months ago, I think. And I, so I'm from France, but I've, I've been actually, I'm celebrating seven years outside of France this wow. September. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's where you were born. Yeah, exactly. I was born in France and I, I left to study outside the country. So I was, uh, I went to Belgium, to Brussels to study, to do a bachelor's degree. 
Uh, and traveled around New Zealand um, with my backpack. Um, I went to Spain for a bit as well. And then I went to Denmark, where I wrote to you from, guys, um, for my master's degree. And then I moved to... I was actually in France like a couple of months, but uh, with my husband. Mm -hmm. And now we moved here because of his job. So he got a job uh, and he started in January. So that's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I never thought it would be possible because it's really hard to get a visa to mm. come here, uh, to get a work visa. So I never thought it would be possible. And actually, my husband had some hopes because it's just... Um, so he's from Argentina and usually when you're... Not usually, but um, it can be a dream for people who come from Argentina to go live in the U.S. And a lot of people in his family moved to the U.S. So that was, I guess, a, an idea he had, mm -hmm. but I never, I never personally had it. And yeah, as I said, it was just, I just thought it was too complicated to move here. So yeah. And yeah, so it's been quite the, the surprise and experience and yeah. And so when he got the job, was there any question that you were going to come? You were, just, or were you married at that time or did you get married no. once? He no, found we out were, he got the job. Yeah, we got married because he found out about the job and, and it was the easiest way to, for us to keep yeah. on the journey together. Yep. Yeah, I love That's that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like, is that a common thing that people do when they graduate is because obviously like I feel like in the United States you graduate high school and then you have like your college that you pick and then you have you go there and then you have like maybe the next college you pick or the job but it's there's not like the transitioning around to different countries and having those experiences is that common in Europe versus mm. America or is that just an LA thing <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that's just an LA thing um um, yeah, no, I don't think it's, it's that common. Uh, what is common is to have an experience abroad because, and usually in Europe, because it's very easy. The system in the European Union has made it really, really easy to move to a country for a year, for six months. And then, but usually you go back to your home country. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, these kinds of experiences are really uh, easy, but yeah, no, the idea of moving around is just, uh, my, I guess, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious about the world and, and I love to learn languages. And I guess that's always been a push for me to live in a, in a country where the language is different. Mm -hmm. Um, and also to practice my English. That's where I, I went to Denmark in the first place because, well, mm. the university there is, is free, but it was also a good university where I could study in English, uh, because in France, it's not really common in Brussels. It wasn't that common either or, or it was they didn't have the masters that I I really wanted. So, so I love yeah. that you got to go get your masters for free. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I wish that was a thing here, but it's not. No, and it's I I always <laughs> it blows my mind when I hear that higher education is free. I'm like, what? Like, what mm -hmm. is going on? Because we were just having this conversation on a previous podcast, like how we really do value education, even though we find that it's changing and people's minds are shifting when it comes to like higher education. I mean, we definitely value it. It's just hard because it's so flipping expensive. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not really sure why in the U.S. it's so expensive. What, you know, one thing that I found really different from Europe here is that everything actually, everything is expensive. You know, we talked about this the other day, uh, well, last time, um, about insurances, how it's how expensive it is to yeah. pay insurance in the U.S., yeah. Blast. Yeah, so Cody's um, two people that work for him full-time are from England, and Hayden used to do the audio for our show. Mm. Now it's Austin. Hey, Austin. <laughs> um, but they both were talking about how, you know, they don't have insurance or whatever, or they don't have to pay medical insurance or however that goes in England. Mm -hmm. And then also it's interesting. Hayden is like a vagabond. Like he kind of did the Ellie thing. And so he just <laughs> travels around. And I have this idea that people in Europe just do that. I'm like, people in Europe just Still go on free spirited, free spirits, and go on adventures. And it, because everything's so close, too. I mean, yeah. in comparison to mm -hmm. here, we have states. Yeah. But I mean, what's the big difference in from one state to the next state? Yeah, I feel like really? Ohio is probably like the size of France. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like I just came back from a trip uh, to California, and it took the same amount of time to fly. From here to California, as it 
takes from, I guess, from Paris to maybe Turkey or maybe oh, even wow, further, yeah. you know? So, wow. yeah. So definitely, there's, there's definitely something that has to do with distances. And I guess people here move from state to state, right? It's yeah. maybe a bit more common. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, state to state's a thing. But there, it's just the culture isn't that widely different. I mean, mm-hmm. you have you have differences, of course, from state to state, especially like across the coast or like north or south. But mm-hmm. when you're in Europe, it's like you go and you're immersed in a completely yeah. different culture and a completely different language. Yeah, like a completely Italy different versus way of France, life. Like those are yeah. two very different. I mean, obviously they have similarities. Those are two very different countries. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, and people travel around as well for holiday. You know, for example, it's very common. For example, when I lived in, in Denmark, it was really... Uh, normal to find people who came from Italy or who had traveled to Italy or who had traveled to Germany. And so people know the countries that they're neighbors with, I guess. And so, and here's the same with states maybe, but, you know, when you're so um, uh, connected to a culture that is so different from yours, it's, I guess it's a, a different way of seeing it. And so I guess you travel just more because you just hear about it more. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss France? I don't miss France. Um, I think it's because I just rejected everything that had to do with France when I moved to Brussels for the first time. I just needed this, you know, emancipation when you're, you know, when you're 18, you're just going to, that's how I felt. But I do miss Europe much more than I expected to miss it. Um, I miss, like, I miss the small things, you know, or having coffee in an, an actual cup, you know, not a plastic cup. Oh, yeah. Or, or seasonal fruits here or vegetables. Here it's, you have peppers all year round or broccoli all year round or beets all year round. And I guess I miss that a bit from, from Europe. It's, or maybe now things have changed and I just... Uh, I feel and, like in America, it seems like like you can have some of those... European like indulgences, but I feel like you have to work harder to have it that way. Like, because everything you can go to a supermarket and get like whatever anytime, or or alternatively, you can go to a farmer's market and like have that more like seasonal thing, but you kind of have to work to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's made harder to live that lifestyle. Yeah. And it's expensive. It's really expensive. And, and there's some things, you know, when you're used to paying, X amount of money for that thing, it's really hard. Even if you have the money, it's really hard to change your mindset and think, really, I have to pay that amount of money to get mm-hmm. that? Like uh-huh. the same thing I could get elsewhere and it would be half the price. So maybe, you know, even less than that. So that's also a difference. Just talking about food, have you noticed any differences in your digestive system from being in Europe to being here? Because just you saying, like that food was fresh and like readily available and here you have it all year round. Like that's not, shouldn't really be a thing, but it is because we do that and we have food put that's like season and put preservatives and everything. And yeah. I always hear people say, when I go to Europe, I can have gluten or I can have dairy. And especially mm-hmm. people like they go to Italy, they're dairy and gluten free, but then they go ham and they feel fine in Italy. <laughs> like what, so have you noticed any of those differences being here? Um, yeah, I guess, but I think it's it has more to do with water than anything else because I don't usually, for example, I don't eat much processed food. I'm I'm just not used to having them that much. So, but I, I usually don't have acne on my forehead, for example, and I have acne on my forehead. And I oh. I did the test actually. I was in Argentina for three weeks, and it completely went away. And I came oh back, gosh. and it came back. Yeah. So that's oh. I don't know what what it is. Um, because we don't we don't always eat organic either because it's again it's expensive so yeah. some food we choose to eat organic but yeah this thing I've noticed about yeah, acne wow. on your forehead. which is tied to your digestion your mm-hmm. acne is on the and on the forehead that's so interesting okay well switching gears a little bit then um, <laughs> so obviously you talked a little bit about language and you're the linguistic yogi so mm-hmm. language is obviously yes, a huge part of who you are what has learning other languages taught you about yourself? Oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> I'm so jealous. How many languages do you speak? Three. Only three. Um, only it's three. Not, only three. <laughs> no, but it's not a lot. I mean, there's a whole community of people learning languages on Instagram. I just found out about it, what? you know, from being called the linguistic yogi. I guess it, you know, 
people who are interested in learning languages, they, you know, they're curious about my name. Um, but I'm learning, I'm learning actually a new language now. I'm learning Russian. Um, that one's hard. Yeah. Russian is like intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, it's, I love it because it's the grammar is really tricky and I love grammar. So <laughs> I'm just so happy about it. <laughs> I'm so happy about learning grammar. I yeah. feel like I hate, would hate learning grammar. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really love the logic of it. Um, but yeah, I guess learning languages, it, Oh, so many things, but the first thing that first thing that comes to mind is definitely like I, I guess it teaches you tolerance uh, because with a language comes a culture, and so obviously as soon as you learn a language, you learn the whole culture that goes with it. I mean, if you do things well, I mean, in some places you, I mean, there's always a way you you don't have to learn the culture that goes with the language, but um, you know, in expressions that you use or um, you know. Yeah, things like that, and um, and obviously, usually, you want to pra- if you want to practice your language, you have to travel, and that's as I said yeah. before, one of my um, excuses, I guess, to travel around is to move to a country that speaks a different language and that is that has a different culture, and and I guess that opens your mind a lot as well, um, and and you meet, you also get to meet people who um, speak the language, and that's. That's something that I really noticed. Um, so when I went to New Zealand, I spent a lot of time with uh, Latinos, so people from Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, you know, Mexico, a lot of places. Uh-huh. And the thing that I noticed that I could I could have access to was like I could really have conversations with them because I spoke Spanish already. Mm-hmm. And compared to people who were from other places and who didn't speak Spanish, there was this connection that mm. didn't happen the same way. And I felt really lucky um, about that. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, when you speak another language, you really speak, you really get access to a whole lot of, you know, another world, I, I guess. I'm you, so envious mm. of that. <laughs> yeah, I think of like, you know, there's been... I, I remember a video on Facebook recently that was awful. Um, you know how Facebook is lately these days, where <laughs> someone was speaking Spanish at a restaurant and like this lawyer was screaming at them to like speak in English, you know, typical horrible human being kind of stuff that I hope is not representative of this country. Mm. But um, kind of going with that, I feel like when you don't know, when you're not a part of the conversation, but you hear that, I think our default jump is to think that they're talking like saying something negative or talking Mm. about you or like something that they wouldn't want people to hear. And I think if you can have the ability to like be part of the conversation, it makes that you don't jump to that place about other people because you're connected to what they're saying. I think you do that out of like vulnerability Mm -hmm. because we're so primed to think that way. Like, oh, I don't know what's going on. So obviously it must be something negative because that's what our brain does to protect us, which is so sad. Instead of thinking like that person's just talking in their native language, Mm -hmm. not that person saying negative things about me. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a human reaction and yeah, 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 I don't know what to add. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I think that's that. Well, yeah. I, I feel like when you go to... So I've been to Germany, Italy, and I've been to China, and I didn't speak any of those languages. And I was there for choir tours. I felt like I didn't really get to immerse. Like, well, Liz went to China with me one of the times. I can speak um, Booyah, which is like no thing that you say to the street vendors. Yeah. Really? The best thing was... Um, the president of our college, who was like the sweetest, most wonderful person. One time she said booyah, which is like American slang for like booyah. Like I can't explain, but it's like. Mm -hmm. No, I know. I I was going to say that's the same. (laughs) But it's booyah. So she's like getting on the bus going booyah, booyah. And I was like, that's not right that's almost right (laughs) but I love experiencing like being in another culture I love well even when I travel in the states I like staying in Airbnbs because I think it gives me a feeling Mm -hmm. of like I like when I go to New York I want to stay in an apartment in Brooklyn because that Mm -hmm. makes me feel like I'm from Brooklyn or whatever the case may be but speaking the language is such a barrier because I can't you're right I can't truly truly connect with the people of the other culture because I can't, I can't talk to them. So I don't know. Is there any sort of thing that we can do as travelers to help ourselves in that realm? To you mean to learn a language or to, to get immersed even more in the culture? 
I guess both. Can you, both of those questions, I need answers to. But like, maybe not the LA version of learning a language where like, you're legit learning it. Like, can you like partway learn it or does that not get you (laughs) there? (laughs) Of course. No, you can partway learn it. The trick that you always have to keep in mind or the thing that you always have to keep in mind is to start with the things that, um, you know, that you love. For example, if you want to learn a language tomorrow, you guys, for example, you could talk about, you could look for uh, words in, I don't know, French or Spanish that uh, have to do with podcasting or with health mm. or with yoga. And that would be, first of all, that would be a great motivator because you actually want to learn these words. Yeah. But also these are, mm, these are conversations that you would actually want to have with people because these are the topics that you care about, that you love. And, and so that's one thing. And I guess that's also... You know, even if you don't have language, when you want to, if you travel to a country and you want to connect with the people, with locals there, being curious is, and showing genuine curiosity is always, like, it always works because people can see that you're actually curious and people can see that you're interested. And even mm. if you don't have language, you're going to have, you know, gestures and body language and you're going to have your smile and your the look in your eyes and if you look at them in the eyes for example that also builds trust that builds a lot of trust and you can actually get to know people better just looking at it mm-hmm. into their eyes you know so these are small things and again going linking this to the to the yoga world and to the mindful world you know everything that you do when you're traveling if you add a bit of mindfulness to it then you're going to get much more out of it than if you if you're not mindful. Yeah, <laughs> that makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, you're building trust with other people, or in the mm-hmm. case of mindfulness, you're really building trust with yourself and your as well. Position. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And yeah, I guess in this sense, mindfulness is you can add it to anywhere, even if you don't speak a language, you can always connect better with people. And that works in your language too. You know, so many times you go to the supermarket and you don't even pay attention to people who are around you and, and people around you have so many stories to tell. And maybe these people are from different countries or, you know, um, usually in the US actually, it's very easy to find someone who's only second generation, maybe even first generation of immigrants. So that's also something to keep in mind to just look at people in the eyes and, and yeah. I'm first generation and I know zero Italian mm-hmm. and it breaks you my to heart. You need to with your heritage, I feel like. I feel like I you learn it. I do, I do. The other day, I'm so into culture and I'm so into this. The other day I was at home and like my whole family was there. My grandma had just come back from a month of stay in Italy and we were talking about like how she came over here. We're talking about her parents. Uh, We were talking about how my mom and dad both came over here. And my dad was saying the first word that he learned in English was get out of here because (laughs) he used to wear, he was saying he used to have like really high-waisted shorts and like knicker, um, what are they called? Suspenders. Yeah. Mm. So he looked like such a little Italian boy and like the kids would tease him. And so his first like words were get out of here. But my mom was a baby she was two and I was talking to my grandma about this because she had to immerse herself in our Mm -hmm. culture and she said she would take my mom to school and slowly she started learning English because she had to take my mom to kindergarten Mm -hmm. and then but what's funny is even though my mom and my uncles they were all born here my mom wasn't they don't speak Italian. I mean, my mom understands it and all my uncles understand it because they, their parents obviously spoke it in the house, but it's like, they left all of that. Like they don't speak Mm -hmm. it. And that makes me so sad. Yeah. But it's understandable. If you think about it, people, people really want to integrate to the culture they're, you know, they're accepted in as well. You know, it's such, um, you know, for people like your grandparents, when they come here, it's, it's, they have so much hope, you know, for Usually you don't leave your country because you want to. Usually mm-hmm. it's because you don't, unless, I mean, if you have, it's different if you want to. If you don't want to, if you don't really have a choice, then the only push that you feel in your in your heart and the only thing that you, you can actually do is just forget about where you come from and you want to just blend in. And yeah. usually a lot of things are lost a lot of um languages and cultural you know aspects are lost in the in the transition which is a bit sad and at the same time you know it's very human to just want mm-hmm. to blend in and i mean we do it all the time we want to fit in and and so that that's why i guess yeah that makes it sense. happens but here's a this is a silly question maybe but i don't 
feel like what is America's culture? Like when I go, when I go to, if I were to go to France, I, which I've never been, that's one place on my list of places I want to go. I feel like I want to um, just immerse myself in, is immerse the right word? Immerse. Yeah, I just want to yeah. eat all the immerse, cheese. Immerse, immerse, immerse. And cheese. Yeah, I just yeah. want to go and like, I want to see what you guys wear and I want to feel how you guys talk and I want to know what your restaurants are like and your coffee shops and everything. And here, I mean, what's here? Like when you came here, you like, this is disappointing. <laughs> or like, do we have a culture? I think it's strange because I'm from here, but I just don't know what it would be. Like burgers and french fries in well, country? Well, it's, I guess it's very different depending on where you go, you know, because, and because the U.S. is such a diverse culture, I guess that's, that's what it is. You know, it's diverse and yeah, I don't know. For example, just in our neighborhood, we, um, our neighborhood, I mean, the neighborhood that just, um, next to us is very Latino. And so when you go there, the, the American culture that you have is very influenced by, uh, Puerto Rico and, you know, mm. Republic, how do you say this? Uh, Dominican Republic. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and Cuba. And so you will see things written in English and Spanish. That's the U S you know, yeah. that's a part of the U S. So if you go to another neighborhood or state or whatever, you're going to have another kind of influence. And for example, I've heard that there's a, a lot of good food in New Orleans. I think. Yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans, Actually, yeah. very French inspired. So you'd probably like... Yeah. French yeah. country. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But at the same time, you, you can't call it French because no. it receives so many other kinds of influences. And so I guess that's the U.S., you know, a country that has received so many different influences from many different parts of the world. And, and that's just, uh, that's the strength of the U.S. Where's your favorite place here that you've been so far where you're like, I really like this state? Or this area? Oh, California, I guess. Yeah. Really? It's, me too. I mean, it's, for now, for now, I've been, well, I live in New York. I've been to Philadelphia and New Jersey. I've been to, yeah, California. And I fell in love with San Francisco, I think. I I feel here, I was recently talking about this um, on Instagram that I have, I've had for the first time in my life, actually, I've had a hard time feeling at home here. And I'm not really sure why. I don't really know. But going to California, I felt like, oh, this is a place like I could see myself living here because maybe I don't you're know. supposed to be there. Yeah, maybe. I felt I felt very at home when I was in California too. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically when I was in Santa Monica. So like, I can live here. I can yeah. live in Santa Monica. This is mm-hmm. a place where Nina's supposed to be. Yeah. But I also feel very, very at home, specifically in Columbus, like the part of Columbus that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Like the short North Italian village area, I I feel like it's me and Cody's home. Like we're meant to have our roots here. Yeah. Maybe if I go back to Reiki, Liz, I'll be more grounded now. Maybe because that's something I never was. Because- but yeah, I'm interested. Like I'm interested to know if that's almost the same for you. Because when I was in New Albany, which is just a suburb 20 minutes away, I didn't feel grounded. Mm-hmm. I felt like that wasn't the yeah. place for me. So maybe New York is like your pit stop. Yeah, maybe. And actually, I think New York is is a bit stuff. That's that's for sure. Um, and I guess the only the place that I've, because I haven't been feeling at home a lot. I've been thinking about Brussels a lot mm-hmm. because Brussels is so diverse and so compact. Like you get on the bus and you hear so many different languages, and 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 I guess I miss that a bit. And here, the one thing that I'm not really a huge not a huge fan of here is that it's not so it's a really diverse country right but cultures are not really mixed in so Mm -hmm. you have latinos on one side and then you're gonna have you know east europeans maybe or you're gonna have you know italians and then you can have you know you know what i mean it's a Mm -hmm. bit caribbeans people from the caribbeans and, and everything so that's a bit the downside of it um yeah. How do you and your husband split your two cultures? Because you said he's from Argentina. So mm-hmm. he, does he speak anything other than Spanish? Yeah, he speaks really good French, actually. Huh. Uh, do, he, what do you speak together? I'm so curious. They just mm-hmm. alternate. <laughs> I'm feeling French today. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, this happens because we speak a lot of Spanish. We met in Spanish and we speak a lot of... We have to... I guess we have to decide when we speak French because sometimes I forget because it's just so natural to me to just speak Spanish. And, to him and, in general. Yeah, exactly. And and he wants to practice his French. So he lived in France for two years. Did I say that? I don't no. know. Um, so that's, he learned French over there. And I guess with 
it's really great because then we can each other, I can talk to his family and he can talk to mine without any issues. So that's really great. Um, Is the accent different? Is it weird to, because there's a French accent and then there's obviously a Spanish accent. So how do you, do you have to change the way, like how I would try and put on like a a British accent accent or like a British accent. Do you guys change that? Well, yeah, of course. Like the way I speak now is not French and it's, it's probably a bit, a bit of a mix between French, the French accent, the Spanish accent, maybe something else. I don't know where it's You from. do have a very unique English accent, I will say. I think it, it might be because I speak a lot of Spanish, but Spanish is not my mother tongue. And so I guess there's an influence of all this. Yeah. But no, I just, I don't know. We have to, I guess in the beginning, especially you have to make an effort, I guess, to speak in the tone and accent and using the the right sounds. But now for me, it's just natural. Um, yeah. Yeah. The same way so, I speak English, I guess. It's, I don't really think about it. Yeah. Mm. So what drew you to yoga? Like, obviously that's kind of a cross-cultural mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, um, I guess. Mm-hmm. What made that something that you wanted to pursue? Um, well, I just started yoga a bit out of... Oh, I started with uh, Sarah Beth Yoga. We talked about this. That's the first episode that I listened to on your podcast. That's how we connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So did you see her share our episode and then do our podcast? Exactly. That's amazing. I'm so thankful for Sarah Beth Yoga. (laughs) Yeah. And I, so I just started with her uh, when I was in Brussels and I was just practicing in my room and, you know, I was nervous about exams and everything. I couldn't sleep well. So that's how I got into yoga. And then the more, you know, that's, I think what happens with yoga, the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And there's a point where you don't, you can't do without it anymore. You can't live without it anymore. And there's a point after that, when you actually want to learn more and you think, and I guess, um, in the first place, I never thought I would be a yoga teacher. I just thought I'm just, really curious about a lot of things and I just thought okay I'm gonna take this teacher training because I think it's gonna I'm gonna learn so much and everything and I and then I got out of the teacher training and I just thought there's no way I can leave this behind there's no way I can do something else because that's this fits me fits what I have to say what I want to say um if it's so many things that so many values, uh, so many things that I care about that I just thought, okay, this is the way to go. And yeah, you knew it, in your heart that mm-hmm. was what you were supposed to be doing here. Yeah, and I still you just yeah, this. Exactly. And I, I just had this feeling. I remember to this day how, exactly how I felt when I left the. So I went to a place called Yoga Beach House. When I left Yoga Beach House to go back to the airport to fly back home. I remember this feeling in my heart. I had no clue how I was going to do anything. Um, I had no clue. Like there was no um, clear image in my, or words. Usually that's how ideas come to me in words. Um, But there were no words written clearly in my mind, I guess. I just had this feeling, I need to do this. Like Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to do it. I resonate with that so much. Mm -hmm. I remember moments of having this feeling of, like you need to do this work. This yeah. is, you have to share this work. Yeah. And eventually I, I mean, I had to listen to it and that's what I've done, but I can't, ex- I can't describe the feeling besides like just being in alignment or feeling really connected mm-hmm. to this bigger piece of me. Yeah. And I didn't have as much fear behind it because I just, I kind of knew it was right. Yeah. It reminds me of like, you know how I've heard a lot where they'll have a word that just doesn't translate in another language. Mm-hmm. Like where it's like, I wonder if that feeling of just like knowing and feeling at peace and not being burdened by fear, like if there's some word for it in another language. Oh, there probably is. Yeah. Oh, there probably is. Yeah. That's your that. next newsletter. Find <laughs> that word. <laughs> yes, exactly. For the word of the week. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I yeah. Look it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're blending. Okay. You have two sides to them because you do yoga. You have online yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're very connected to language and you, and words, like specific words and speaking to those words. So how do you combine language and yoga? Well, 
the thing, the idea behind it is that in a lot of words, the way we speak, the way we use words, uh, when we speak and when we think as well, a lot of these words, um, or we use, you, we don't use them the way they should be used, or we use the wrong ones, or there are words that we're missing out on because we think they mean some other things. For example, when you think about negative self-talk, you know, everyone, uh, what we were talking about just before... About, you know, when you hear someone speaking another language, you directly go jump to the conclusion that they're talking about something negative about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is something usually people think in words, you know, we think in words. And the great thing about this is that we can change this. And that's my mission, I guess, with words and yoga mixing. And that's why I write. Ultimately, it's to help people, to help you uh, think about these things and how you think and that you think with words, that you use words every day, and that you can actually change them. And that's that's a huge strength when you realize that you actually have the power to change your reality, your everything that happens mm-hmm. in your mind. It's anything is possible if you think about it. It's just it's, it's amazing. There, uh, the the people we talk to all have that common theme mm-hmm. of like changing your mindset, mm-hmm. changing your reality, and there's always a different way that they get to it. Right. So yeah. that's why they are really good at whatever they do because they each have their niche. I've never really thought about it from a sense of changing your word. And I had an image in my head of writing a word down, like whether it be like I'm terrible or like Mm -hmm. terrible or whatever, and just erasing it and writing a new word because it's a possible thing to do, right? Like you chose that word. Well, what if you just chose another word? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And the thing is, it doesn't happen like that overnight. It takes you know, time and effort and dedication and consistency as well to change the words that you have in your mind uh, or in your language, the language that you use. Uh, but it's possible. That's the idea. And, and yeah, again, what I do is just trying to give you as many tools to find how you can switch and tweak and, and you know, enhance what, you know, what you have in your mind because... Ultimately, we all have a lot of skills as well. And usually because we have this negative talk as, you know, if you say, repeat to yourself every day, I'm terrible at this. Even if it's mind- mindlessly, you know, we tend to think, oh yeah, I would be terrible at cooking this. It's, it doesn't matter, you know, it's, it's just a tiny thing in your daily life. But if you pay attention to this and you just delete this word, this word from your language, then that's when shifting can happen. That's when, you know, possibilities can common. Yeah. I've Mm -hmm. noticed that with like, so I've been pretty transparent, I think on a lot of episodes about like my past food issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed a huge shift, like in the last year, I'd say to where I used to buy things that were like, I don't know if it said skinny or anything like that. Like I was very Mm. drawn to those types of words, like thin, Mm. tiny, like I liked those things. And now through like the word is tainted to me. Those words, if I see them because my mind shift has changed, like I can't even, I hate those words now. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I spent my whole life like wanting to be skinny. Yeah. And now when I see the skinny version of something, I'm like, I don't buy it on principle. Same. <laughs> the weird. Yeah. I get such a distasteful feeling like in my belly and, and I'm just like, oh, get this mm-hmm. away from me. Yeah, exactly. And this is the result of, as you say, the, it was the past year that you had this realization and it took a long time for you to get there to actually say, okay, wait, skinny is, isn't a word that I, that resonates with me. I don't mm-hmm. need it. And when I see it, the, the goal obviously is to, to not think about and I don't know if it's the goal, but, you know, to just see the word and just feel, okay. So I don't know how to explain this. The so goal maybe, would... To be neutral go- about it, basically. Yeah, exa- exactly. That's what I meant to say. To be so maybe about I have it, to be- swing in the opposite direction, like have a little disdain for it, and I'll eventually like, it'll just be a word and it won't trigger anything for me, which would be great. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's part of the, you know, the five steps of grief oh yeah it's maybe anger mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly so that's that's a part of it being angry at things it's is all is a is a way to just let it out like let the feelings out and that's processing and digesting information that just shows you how powerful words are right mm-hmm. there yeah think about branding and companies yeah, yeah exactly. i mean even so like skinny popcorn or skinny girl this or mm-hmm. whatever it is 
or now putting organic on things, you know, yeah. people see a word and they identify good to that word yeah. or bad right. with that word. Yeah. Um, Natural and yeah. exactly. Yeah. Even in the wellness world, it's like you use whatever words like holistic yeah. and natural yeah. and all green. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden these mean good. Yeah. And they're just words that we're placing so much meaning to. But yeah. when you, when you mentioned um, just saying the phrase, I'm so bad at this, or like, I could never cook this. I'm so bad at this. Mm-hmm. In my head, I was like, Oh, I say that to myself all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't, I now have started to make these connections and Liz has really brought in my mind with this in like financial wellness and we, I do it with so many things. So maybe right now I'm like, I've really worked on my negative self-talk when it comes to body image and health. Okay. But it all, it transfers to so many other things. Like yeah. now I'll, I still do it with cooking. Sometimes I still do it with finances. Also, I do it in my business. Is I there, do it in my business. I have to say mm-hmm. like your picture, you just stop with the cooking stuff. Cause every time I see one of your pictures, I'm like, mm, I'm hungry. So like you're doing something right yeah. now. Great. Thank, exactly. thank you. I've been trying, I've been trying to, to do that. I, mm-hmm. Channel time, your Italian heritage. Yeah, know, exactly. Such a food-based culture. <laughs> yeah. One time so Cody yummy. told me three years ago that something I made didn't taste good. Oh, and, I, and it's funny how things like that stick in your head because yeah. I think ever since then, I was like, Cody doesn't want to eat my food. I must mm. be a bad cook because yeah. I never cooked for anyone else besides when me and Liz were eating like ramen and <laughs> peanut butter on anything that we could get our yeah. hands on. You still do that. <laughs> I still and now eat it's peanut almond butter. butter. You've switched. You're right. Man, I eat peanut butter too, but not on whatever ramen noodles or whatever. <laughs> I used to eat it on. Like, let's not go down really? that Really? No. I guess you take like the big square of ramen and like slather peanut butter on it and just eat it. <laughs> I know. Right without test. cooking it? No. It's crunchy and what? perfect. <laughs> it was a great time in my life. No way. The highest, <laughs> the highlights of my life. So now when you're combining language and yoga, do you do you make a conscious effort to really think about the words you're using, I'm sure, while you're teaching oh, yoga? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's you know, a lot of people when you're a yoga teacher, you hear a lot about people sequencing. Mm-hmm. So people having trouble sequencing or people want tips on sequencing. And honestly, that's you can come to my class and do the same sequence over and over again, but the, what's going to change is the word that I use. Like usually, you know, just like the word of the week that I write um, every week, I like to choose a word when I teach classes. And so usually there's a whole lot of ideas that revolve around this. And I really, this is, I guess, what makes my classes special in a way is that I actually make a, a really big effort to plan my classes a, around a word and so it actually makes you think so it makes you for example it can be anything um i can think you can think about it can be a big word like trust or hope or joy but it can also be something really really more basic i have no example at the moment but wait let me think if i can think of something or maybe the word yoga it could be the word yoga Mm -hmm. because we have so many ideas about the word yoga and so i could do a class around the word yoga and ask you and I ask a lot of questions as well um that's the way I like to do it and in my articles as well that's I ask a lot of questions because I really believe that uh, I don't have the answers but you do and if I ask the questions with the the words that you need in in order to actually think about meaning for yourself then well that's such a a coaching technique that Mm -hmm. I learned in my certification was um, I'm not going to heal you. You're going to heal mm-hmm. you. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I have the tools and I have a lot of knowledge around this specific topic, but only yeah. you know what you need. Mm-hmm. And so it's asking questions like, I might think that this person incorporating yoga three times a week into their lifestyle is going to be good for them, but I'm not going to say that. It's like, yeah. what sort of movement might feel good in your body? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then they might say, I think yoga might feel really good. Or they might like, say, you know I what? Know. I really would love, I know, be like, I'm really intuitive. I knew that already. <laughs> or you, or they might be like, going on a walk like a few yeah. times a week would be really good for me. So it's about pulling. We all know the answers. Truly, yeah. truly, truly. And I know some people don't believe that, but it's only because it's been covered up. Yeah, you just exactly. need somebody to ask you those questions and yeah. get your mind moving. And usually, actually, what I've noticed, I actually have a friend who's really... Um, who asks me a lot of questions about she like you will meet a lot of people who want answers from you you know mm-hmm. as a friend 
you, we always do that. We ask people, what do you think I should do about this? You know, whatever the topic is about cooking, about uh, relationships, about big life moves and everything. But, you know, usually you will notice that people are never happy with what they get. Never. Yeah. And that's because it doesn't fit. It's not in alignment with what they want, or maybe it is, but it's too early for them to, to learn about this piece of information, to realize actually that that's actually what they need. So that's very true. It's a, I think it's a growth in awareness. Mm -hmm. I used to ask, oh my gosh, everybody. I used to go to my, yeah. Oh my gosh. I used to ask everybody, my parents, like I would always, Mm -hmm. I was always very, I always had a lot of anxiety about making big moves and what were my parents going to say? Because I didn't want to hear what their opinion was because it was always different than what I wanted internally. So Mm -hmm. it would make me feel bad. And I would, and my mom does this too. She asks like other people's opinions before she makes decisions, I think. And I think sometimes that's a good thing. Like it's nice to get outside information, Yeah. but um, you're really doing that just because you're kind of afraid, like you don't trust yourself. Yeah, exactly. And you're afraid to, to make the right move as well, to make the, yeah. right, the, the, the wrong decision. Did I say right? You're afraid to make the wrong decision. Yeah. Well, well Liz, right according to... Like someone can say, this is wrong, this is wrong. You could ask 10 people and say, this mm-hmm. is wrong, but they don't know if it's right for you because they're not you. So you're yeah, there for yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of those other voices. I mean, I do think it's good to get other opinions. I don't think we should just like blindly do things without consulting other people. But I think those other voices crowd out the most important one, which is your own. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And sometimes the other way to do it, I guess, um, I think I've been doing this a lot for a large part of my uh, young years Mm -hmm. Uh, is that I don't ask anything, then I don't do anything. And I guess a lot Mm. of people do that too, because you don't ask questions, then there's no way you're going to find an answer. Mm-hmm. And and oh, yeah. I think that's a safe space because yeah, exactly. then you don't have to make mm-hmm. a mistake or you don't have to know. Yeah, exactly. Because you're just okay, you're comfortable here, that's good enough. And then it's better not to ask a question because otherwise you're gonna start thinking and you're gonna start to have to make mm-hmm. decisions and, mm-hmm. and we don't you know, it's hard to make decisions. Um and it's so. hard to it's hard to get stuck in your brain thinking too much too. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants to be there. Yeah, exactly. That's why meditation and yoga can be so difficult for people because they're like, yeah. I don't want to slow down. I don't want, well, that's when you need to. Yeah, like, exactly. You need to hear the answers. Yeah. Liz, it reminded me of when you kept asking me like, should I move? Should I move? Should I move? <sighs> no, like, shut up. You know, you want to move. Just do it. But I also was like, I can't tell you my opinion on that because mm-hmm. my opinion is different than yours. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then you moved and you are so happy there. And it's like, if you, I don't know if anybody told you not to at all. I don't think, I think I just got, I think people planted seeds of doubt. They'd be like, why? And then you're mm -hmm. like, why? (laughs) And I think you have to be really clear about what you want because Mm -hmm. when people ask questions back, if you're not ready to answer them, it can kind of derail the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you went back and forth. Like, well, when you were there, you would love it. But then when you would come back, you kind of love it here. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I want to ask, um, a little bit about, so I loved, 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 loved for my own personal reasons, your most recent blog post about positive affirmations. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. I wanted to know without like, cause I won't spoil it for anyone that wants to read the full thing, but <laughs> you, the title was very eye catching. It was like, why I don't use them. And I was like, why mm-hmm. don't you use them? They're positive. Like, Oh, I yeah. just saw yeah. this. I need to, yeah. Or you, I saw you post a video. You were talking about it. I need mm-hmm. to go read it. So I'm curious if you could sum up like, because I have my own feelings on positive affirmations that are very aligned with yours. So I wanted to see kind of why you chose to to buck the system and say that you're not using positive affirmations. Well, first of all, I think there's a lot of things that we think are right in the yoga world that are not actually right. Like... I could talk about this for ages, um, I guess, but there's a lot of myths about the yoga world that we need to debunk. And I guess uh, positive affirmations um, is one of them. 
Uh, but one thing is, I don't know if you remember, actually, we talked about this in the first uh, recording. That, oh, that's, then it must be important if it's coming oh back God, around, yeah. too. <laughs> and I actually, it's interesting to see the evolution because back then I told you that positive affirmations made me angry. And every time I would think about positive affirmations, I would use them, but they would make me really angry. Like in the morning, I would you know, write down like three things. I am this, I am that, I am blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they would make me really, really angry. And I didn't know why. So it just, I stopped using them. And I realized over time that actually, when I stopped use them, using them, I could actually sit down in meditation and actually listen to what my heart was saying, to what my mm-hmm. mind was saying. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with positive affirmations. And that that's the problem with a lot of things in the yoga world is that, there are a lot of things that we think are right and, you know, or as a yogi, you should be doing, for example, inversions mm-hmm. or the same thing as positive affirmations. There's a lot of things that you think you should do, but actually, wait, if you stop and if you actually ask yourself, do I need this? Is this in alignment with me? Is this, does this work for me? Then the answer might be no, not at all. And that's, I guess that's the case for me with positive affirmations. They don't work for me because, or they might work here and there, but they're not something that I, I want to have in my routine because they mask everything. And, mm-hmm. and one of the great things about meditation is that it's a huge tool to help you learn about yourself. And if you block this out by telling yourself, yeah, I am this, I am that, I am blah, blah, blah then you just... Yeah, becoming blind to your own thoughts and to your own self. And and again, that's there's a lot of things like that in the yoga world, like the challenging poses, like or the way we we de- we describe a challenging class. Mm-hmm. If you go to a challenging class, what does it mean? Does it mean that you sit in meditation for an hour? Does it mean that oh, you do yeah. a handstand? You know, there's so many yeah. so many things like this in the yoga world. Or if you have, you know, how do you define a great yoga feed? on Instagram. Is it a feed that has so many advanced poses? Again, what does advanced mean? Mm-hmm. Is it someone who shares a lot of mindfulness moments? Is it someone who shares a lot about meditation? Is it someone who studies all the books like the sutras and the, you know, uh, wow, this all these is sort things. of blowing my mind. It's just so subjective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we are. We're human beings. We're not robots. Yeah. And I think we just like to compare. Like, I can look at someone doing down dog and then I can look at someone doing, you know, some kind of like crazy balancing pose Mm -hmm. and the brain goes, oh, that looks harder than that one. So that one must be better. Yeah. Yeah, But you're not the person experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Like that downward dog could be really doing something cathartic for the person who's in that position in that moment. And what really matters. Right. Yeah, exactly. What is yoga for? Yeah, exactly. And you know, something that I've realized these days. Um, so my two favorite poses in yoga are mountain pose and child's pose. Mm. And to some people, these poses are impossible to stay in. Mm-hmm. And these are the poses that I love. And I always, always, always come back to them. And so chances are, you know, you, Nina, will have different poses that you absolutely love and you, Liz, same thing, you know. It's not and, pigeon. Hint. It is not pigeon. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think pigeon is. Well. Actually, it's not really good for you for your, uh, you know, anatomy wise. It's not really good yeah. for your knees and yeah. Really, unless it's I, active. If it's active, then it's good. It's better. But if it's passive, mm, it's not the best. Mm, like I, headstand. Like headstand. Headstand. Oh. It's not really good for your neck either. Yeah, always, you, if if you dump uh, into your neck, I notice sometimes mm-hmm. I dump into my neck when I'm doing headstand. I'm like, oh, that's probably yeah. not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I do love mountain pose. There's something about mountain pose that makes me feel very powerful. Mm-hmm. Like when and we grounded. just like, yeah, and grounded. I, you know, I make all these connections. Like I need to be more grounded, so it makes sense that mountain pose makes me feel connected. And it's and warrior too. Like mm-hmm. warrior too makes me feel very powerful as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm just like here I am. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, exactly. Warrior Nina. Yeah. What's, yeah. Your, what's your favorite pose, Liz? Do you have one? I love child's pose. Like, oh, yeah. I always just feel so at peace. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I know. I feel like people would be like, that's a resting pose. That's not, but it, it always it, does something very. But like, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There's no pose that's more valuable than the other. It's, it's really true. 
to me, um, child pose pose for you, Liz, makes so much sense because that's the opposite of what you, you are always going, going, going too much to do too much on the to-do list. So when you stop and you go into child's pose, that's exactly the balance your body needs. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, my mind's always spinning and I'm very up in the air with ideas and creativity. And so when I'm in mountain pose, it's like grounding me down. And so Mm -hmm. why do you think you like child's pose and well, that's funny. You said child's pose and mountain pose, and then I said mountain pose and yeah. child. Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize <laughs> yeah. that. I just um, thought about this. <laughs> why do you say those to yourself? Um, well, child's pose, just I love the bubble that I'm in. And in the winter, I love to have a blanket over me, and I mm. can just spend so much time in there. It's just... And, and if I have music in my ears, not even on speaker, just in my headphones, I just put some music... And I'm just and as loud as possible. And it's just my bubble. I just, I don't know. I just recharge this way. It's just yeah. like, you know, like a car on, you know, electric cars, you mm-hmm. know, in parking lots, you can plug it in. Well, that's yeah. how, I guess that's how I recharge. And mountain pose is because, it, yeah, it makes me feel really grounded. And at the same time, it makes me feel like I, like I exist, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I like that. Like there's space for me. And that's always something that I struggle with a bit. I always feel like I don't belong where I go, which mm-hmm. I guess has a has something to do with countries as well. Like, you know, why I'm moving so much, maybe because right. I'm looking for the You're place. trying to find. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything comes back to some mm-hmm. cer- certain center, which I find uh, yeah. so interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you, so we have a class at the yoga studio I work at. I'm going to go tonight. It's called Lit um, Plugged. Mm-hmm. And we wear headphones and the instructor oh. has a microphone. And so, Liz, you would love it. You'll have I was going to say, I me. did not go to that. And now I'm like, I really want that in my life. Yeah, you'll have to go with me. And it, the one I'm specifically going to, it's at 845. It's a very wind down. Oh, those you are know. my favorite yoga. Yeah, and the Mine music, <laughs> calming music. We have headphones on. It's very centered. It's your experience. I can't wait for it. Um, but we also have a lot of aerial classes. And mm-hmm. I went to one. It was Mira's class, Liz. Mm-hmm. And it was the first one. And it was called like Snooze. And at the end, we were in the aerial hammock. Like in a cocoon? It, yes. And it, we, cool. I laid, we laid fully on our backs, like legs out. My arms were like over my head, uh, shoulder, elbows bent. And we had headphones on in that class too. So not only was it the hammocks, but like I had headphones and I've never felt, I was like in another world. Mm-hmm. Any of you guys that live in Columbus, I'm like totally like sponsoring lit right now, but go to the air snooze class and then Kara Woodhouse's um, lit mind. It's just, it's so, or lit unplugged. It's so Is that a nice. new, the, I didn't know the headphones were a thing. No, we've always had them. Oh, oh that's amazing. Yeah. I really want to join a class like this. Maybe I, I can find someone, one like this in New York. Probably. Are you sure come yeah. visit Columbus anytime <gasps> soon? I would, you're talking to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would I would really love to. Honestly, it's it's really I really would like to meet you guys and maybe yeah. now Liz that you don't live there anymore. We need to organize something a long weekend maybe or something. And I can well, just hear my work anywhere. So Yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna say if you come to Columbus, um we can do a finding your down. shine. Yeah, we can do a finding your shine event and yeah. incorporate yoga and language and meditation mm-hmm. and we could totally even incorporate the headphones from Lit. We could ask oh, yeah. all about that. That would be so amazing. Yeah. We should definitely talk about that. But just yeah. touching base on your work a little bit, since we are kind of getting to the end of our interview, what all are you doing right now that our listeners can be involved in if they want to get to know your work and get involved with like these words and yogas and in touch with themselves? So there are two things. So I teach private classes online. And that's meant for exactly working on these things. Like, because they're private classes, we get to really work together on a really special level. I guess it would be like coaching in a way. Uh Yeah. Um, And um, yeah, so that's that's one thing. And usually I choose words um, according to what you need and to what students need. And so that's really interesting. And that we get to really, to build a really special relationship. That's, that's really interesting as well. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is writing, of course. So I write um, on my website every week. You can also join my newsletter. I mean, you get, um, if you want to subscribe, you also get um, meditation workbook to work on. Same thing. It's always the same goal is to get to know yourself and to work with words and to work with all the yoga tools to get to know yourself better. And so that's the, so there's 
there's this. And then what else did I want to say? I'm getting mixed up here. Oh yeah. And the writing, of course. So I write every week, every Monday on my website, I choose a word and I talk about this word. And so this week it was positive affirmation, uh, affirmations. And but then, yeah, every week there's a new, new topic. And usually I talk about it on Instagram as well during the whole yeah. week. So we can have a conversation. And then the last thing is that I also write for uh, online magazines, yoga ma- magazines. So I write for yogiapproved.com and also write for Shut Up and Yoga, which is an amazing I like new, that name. Um, yeah, me too. I have yeah. to look them up. Uh, it's amazing. It has so many amazing resources. And the amazing thing is that all every single writer has something specific. Uh, there's something specific about them. So... Uh, for example, there are people, there are writers who really, who really know about anatomy and functional movement, and or there's someone who writes every month about. They're called horror scopes. So oh, oh. horoscopes. Yeah. Oh no, so, no horror scopes. Like, yeah, like like horror, like, like a horror yeah. movie. Horror. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> and it's so really, scary. it's really funny. It's really funny. So and it's really unique. Uh, this website, and I, I'm so happy to. I've found uh, the founder. So we've been working on a lot of things, a lot of articles, and, and maybe they have an ebook as well about yoga injuries. Oh, um, so lots yeah. of resources there. Yeah, exactly. But so, yeah, yeah. you can find me uh, writing. Maybe another platform is going to come up in the future. Who knows? It should yeah. be a podcast. That's what it should be. Just going to plug a podcast. A podcast. Podcasts are, <laughs> podcasts are great platforms to have. <laughs> Oh, you think I should have a podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you love words, so that means you can just talk about everything you want to talk about. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm really more comfortable writing. What I have to say usually, I like to, I like to write it. So yeah. I don't know. And that's interesting because like, um, I actually really like the ones that like you can kind of tell like they're story ones, so you can kind of tell yeah. people have, like written them out. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that a lot. Like oh, you mean that. like they're podcast like a personal journal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's something to think about. I mean, I'm always no open pressure, sure. but yeah. no <laughs> like pressure you don't do it. Okay, you guys you will ju- listen? Yeah, yeah that's a good we would thing. listen 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and doing round two with us. I know that we've already had a conversation, but I think that, like you said, this was meant to happen. Mm-hmm. I, we, went, we went even deeper. If I, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want to remember exactly what we talked about, but I think this conversation was the one that was meant to hit everybody's mm-hmm. ears. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this one was even more interesting than the first one. So yeah. I agree. <laughs> we did a practice <laughs> round. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, and we will see you when you come to Columbus. Yeah. Thank you guys for sticking with us until the end of that episode. It was such a joy to talk to Ellie for the second time. And she always says such insightful things, kind of like you, Liz. It's the words. It's the words. These profound things just come out of her mouth. And I felt, I left that conversation uh, feeling really empowered and also really wanting to go do yoga. And wanting to travel. I feel like she has that effect on all of us. Both. Yeah. Learn some different languages and get involved in traveling again, which is something that is on my to-do list for me and Cody this year is to do more traveling. Make sure you check her out online. Go to her website, um, find her on Instagram, all the places and connect with her and she will light up your life with some really inspiring words. Um, As for us, as a reminder to hit us up on Instagram too, we'd love to connect with you there. Um, That's where we talk with Ellie quite a bit um, in our like interactions with people online. So make sure you head over to Instagram, find us at Finding Your Shine Podcast and we will chat with you on and offline. You can also connect with us personally on Instagram at well to talk to both of us privately at Nourished with Nina and at Liz Garster. Yeah, you didn't put the dot in this time. I did not. <laughs> so proud. Thank you. I'm learning. <laughs> um, we can't wait to keep chatting with you guys offline and online and we will catch you next week. Bye. <laughs>